to help us to look at this coming season where we recognize your birth. The revelation of um, a part of your plan of the redemption of man. Help us to understand how we fit into this whole thing. Help us not be so involved in the fleshly things of this world that we forget it's your child's birth. It's not their party. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said. We, uh, when we come this morning, uh, our, our theme is give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Um, there's a lot to say about that. About folks be talking about birthday, I mean, uh, presents and everything else and uh, what they got and what they didn't get. But for us, it should be a time for reflection. We come to this season and we should, we should stop in all of the celebration and say, it's all about Jesus. Give me Jesus. And so, uh, you see this verse again, but we'll say it right now. Let's read it together. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Luke 1.30, it says, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom there will be no end. So as we talk about this, living a victorious life will greatly depend on our concept of God and his great provision, his son's death, burial, and resurrection for you and me. That's what it's all about. When you see the babe in the cradle, in the feed trot, it's only the beginning. God is saying, this is, this is the person that will pay the price for you and me forever. When you think what the Jews had to go through every year for a sacrifice, and how many, year, how many miles they had to travel, many of them to even come to Jerusalem, and how the sacrifices had to be taken, uh, had to be done, it was... It would seem awesome and burdensome. And, and that's why guys try to do shortcuts. And Jesus came along and said, I will be the total sum of all the sacrifice. No more traveling and no more leaving the families and everything else. It's, it's, it, was, it was a big thing. Um, having the right concept will make the difference in what we do think and say it is possible to do the right thing in the wrong way and miss the mark. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is possible to do the right thing in the wrong way and miss the mark. Uh, I think that Roland might uh, appreciate this. Uh, example, you did a great job painting, but the wrong house. Oh, he said, man, you did a beautiful job. You like it? Oh, man, you did everything, the trim and everything else. It was really great. Why do people complain? It's the wrong house. And there's, there's a lot of folks who, who, who they're doing the right thing, you see. And the Lord is saying, you're doing good, but it's the wrong house. And that's why the Lord wants us to understand the many things that we do make sure that when you're painting the wall, make sure it's the right wall you're supposed to be painting. He said he told you to paint the north wall and you're painting the south wall. And that's not the color that he wants to paint. Oh, you did a good job. It looks good. And so I think it's important that we understand that. Having and knowing Jesus will generate and make many uh, purpose and plans uh, productive. I guarantee, I'm sorry. Uh, guarantee and make uh, my purpose and plans productive. Uh, defining the term. Give me Jesus declares a made-up mind to submit to one person his purpose, plan, and process, and outcome. When I say give me, to, give me Jesus, then that means, Lord, when I say give me Jesus, I'm committing to everything that you want me to do, all of my plans must fit into yours. I'm not trying to get you to get it, put it into mine. It's your plans, Lord. That's what I need to do. Um, don't say give me Jesus. They even have a song talking about give me Jesus. Don't say give me Jesus and you wake up in a day and you have your plan all laid out and there a God is not anywhere except when you're in trouble. The only time that you hear you scream out is when you think somebody's getting ready to hit your car and you say, Lord, and he says, what do you want? You know, There are times when we just have to really be careful in that area. Clarifying our thoughts this morning. It's, it's, in, it's in the three parts. Let us take various snapshots of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And uh, it will be in three shots. One, he is the Son of God sent to be the Savior of the world. That's first snapshot. The second snapshot, he lived being a submissive servant. Third snapshot, he died as our suffering sacrifice. This is a gift that was given to us. He was given to die. That's it. Given to die. For his, for his dying brought about redemption for us, the believers. Number one, he is the Son of God sent to be the Savior of the world. So as we go through this, um, it's not my intention to drag on and on through it, but it's my intention to at least uh, nail some things down for you. I want you to notice this. For us to, unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Now, to say that, give me Jesus because I know he will fix it. 
said, why do you want Jesus? Because I know he will what? <laughs> Don't give me anybody else because all of them will come up with excuses when they come short. Give me Jesus. They have a little song about yeah, Jesus will fix it, okay, all the time. And so I, I just know that when I say give me Jesus, I know, praise the Lord, he will what? Now, the reason I said it because being tempted by Satan, he, he beat him at, at his own game. While being tempted by Satan, Jesus checkmates Satan's attack with three profound words. What is it? It is written. Not only are we to learn about Jesus, we are to learn from Jesus and apply it to our lives. Whenever you are challenged with doubt, you should say it is written. I believe when you begin to go through uh, the Old Testament, how many times in the Old Testament, this is not the first time, it's been quoted in the Old Testament at least over what, uh, I know it's over 25 times. It is written, which means what? God's word stands regardless of what it is written. It is written. The moment that we question that, that's when we start uh, getting doubts. But Jesus can fix it for us if we believe it's written. See, and, and that's why... Um, that's why with Mary and Martha and, uh, and Lazarus died and what have you. And she said, oh, yes, had you been here, he would have, you know, he would not have died. And he says, well, I am the resurrection. He said, oh, yeah, I know he's not the resurrection. I know about no eschatology. He's going to know in the last days he'll be raised up. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. I am the resurrection. <laughs> He that lives, though he may die, yet shall he live again. Do you, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Say, yes, Lord. Good. I want you to believe it's it. I can fix it. Every, every time that the Lord comes, Jesus goes into the temple and he, he's turning over the tables and he says, It is written, you should not make God's house. It should be holy and everything else. It will not be this den of thieves that you have become. It is written. Every time. It is written. Why do you act the way you do? It is written. Why don't you go along with such and such? Because it is written. Why aren't you like us? Because, I, because when I said give me Jesus, I have made a part of my life. It is written. I'll stand on the word. Regardless of whatever happens, it's written. Observation. Our real battle is in the spiritual world, and it's imperative that we know how to use what God has given us in Christ. Remember when we talked about the fact that be strong in the what? In the Lord and in the power of what? His might. See, and here's what I was trying to explain to the board. What I was trying to explain to the board is that the moment that you are saved, uh, that 
like the cell phone that we were talking about, uh, or like your computer and your hard drive and everything else, they call, it's, they call it the cloud, which means what? You don't have to worry about your hard drive crashing on you because everything is in the what? When we are in Christ Jesus, then we're, that's where our victory is. And God is saying, don't you try to handle it in the physical world. That's why it says, be strong in the cloud, in the Lord, and in the power of what? His might. Everything we have, everything that goes on in our lives, you always find in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Tell me one part where you had to operate on the physical other than mortifying the deeds of the body. Other than that, it's in Christ, you see. Jesus fixed it so that you don't have to struggle physically when you stand in him in the cloud, in his word. And that's so important. Having Jesus makes that possible. That's why in him, that's why he becomes the wonderful counselor, the prince of peace. That's why he's all of that to us who's over here. You see. That's why the world cannot understand what's going on over here. The world hates Jesus, but they can't do anything with Jesus. They crucify him, he dies, and get back up again. They can't do anything with him. Give me Jesus. He, he came in as a babe, and he's coming back as a conquering king. And guess what? We'll be with him. Give me Jesus. Make sure you're on the right team now, folks. That's why I'm so glad that when we come through this time of Christmas, we recognize that what is given to us is a Savior that has made a difference in this world, especially in our lives. We are commanded to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And here's number two. He lived being a submissive servant. Being a submissive servant, if Jesus Christ is a submissive servant, then we have to learn to be what? Submissive. If you have Jesus, you have to be submissive. But John, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to, to do the will of him who sent me. The re reason that Jesus left me here is not to do my own thing, but to do what he wants me to do. That's why I've been stressing over and over again, a purpose-driven life. You were, your purpose was established before you were born. What is your purpose? Find it out because God wants that purpose to come to fruition to glorify himself. And you must have a servant spirit in the context of that. Give me Jesus is my desire mixed with a heartfelt commitment and duty. It will affect my attitude. It will affect my focus. It will affect my agenda. It will affect my productivity. It would affect every aspect of my life because it is no longer mine to claim, only to manage. Let's read that last part again, that number five. Ready? 
It will affect every aspect of my life because it's no longer mine to claim, only to manage. We are managers of our life in our time. And it says we have to give an account of the deeds done in the body, whether good or bad. Give me Jesus, because in doing that, he wants us to be submissive servants, totally sold out to him. Um, I, I think that's so important, so important. Um, I, um, I'm dealing with two, um, let me just kind of stop right here to, to deal with. I was dealing with a couple, and um, well, it was two couples, but this particular couple, uh, she, has, uh, she has a son that's into this, um, this new type of religion. I forget the name of it. Anyway, this, um, but it's going to he in the, into the Hebrew lights and all this other stuff. And uh, it's just, anyway, the son, he reads his Bible, but everything is interpreted backwards and everything. Now, just completely. And uh, he, he believes that... Um, uh, his 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 mother is possessed. Um, it's just a number of things. She it got to a point, you know, and every, every parent hit those points where uh, you get that Popeye. That's all I can stand. And I can stand no more. And that child. Um, and what happened? What she what happened with this child was he pushed her to that point, and she told him to get out. When she told him to, uh, to get out, he, he, matter of fact, she grabbed him and just said, get out. Just get out. And he left. And when he, uh, when he left, she was saying, I felt so bad. I felt so bad. Um, he says, he, he came back and I told him that um, I was sorry. And I said, we need to understand something. I said, it wasn't so much what your son did. Understand that. I said, I want clarity of purpose. See, I said, now, why, what made you so angry? So we won't go through the whole session, we'll just go down to what it came to, to was, I had expectations and he didn't meet up to it, and I got angry, and I tossed him out. Oh, so the Lord can get angry with you, and you have expectations, and he'll toss you out too, right? So then, I said, did it solve who he was? You can't change your son. But you can change you. From that point on, that's what she started doing. The emphasis was on what she would, her son would watch her pray. And the son started warming up to her. It, he hasn't completely changed yet. But the hostility has dropped because there's nobody to argue with. She's being what God called her to be. One of the hardest places to be a servant is not on the outside, it's on the inside. 
is dealing with some of those who get on your last nerve. And saints, I understand it. I know I'm, I'm a test. I've been, understand, I'm not philosopher, and I've been in that boat. I mean, when my nephew messed up on me and everything else and crossed the line, and, uh, and we had him um, officially put over to my sister, I didn't have him take stuff out of the drawer. I said, no, all your stuff, I wrapped it with a rope, put the drawer and the rope and everything he, ha he had in the car, drove, drove it over to my sister's and took it there and says, he is yours. I said, the only way that you can see the inside of this house that somebody takes a picture and show it to you. <laughs> see, it, they laughed before I said it. But then too, I was serious. And then I, now I go back and I look and I said, now, Donald, why did you say it? Was it because you were righteous? Because you were holy? Did it change him? Oh, he's still the same. I need to learn over the years, the greatest change when I say give me Jesus is the change that takes place in me. I can't tolerate, and the Lord says, that's interesting. The Lord says, I had the Sadducees and, and the uh, Pharisees and the Herodians. And I had all of those folks bugging me all the way up to the cross, and they still were saying, you know, he saved others, but he didn't save himself. Oh, they tried to provoke me, but no, I was a servant to the death. I stepped, I kept the purpose straight. I knew why I was here. It was not my agenda. Listen carefully. We live so that we can, we were delivered and blessed now so that we can be a blessing and a resource going forward. Are, are you hearing me? That every heart, every life we touch will be blessed by what we do today. A lot of folks talk about yesterday, the good old days. The good old days are dead. What are you doing today? That makes the difference. It will affect my attitude. It will affect my focus. It will affect my agenda. It will affect my productivity. It will affect every aspect of my life because it's no longer mine to claim. Only to manage. And so the question on the table is, am I a good manager? Notice I didn't say, are you? Because when I look in the mirror, that's what I had to do. I had to keep asking the question, am I a good manager? That's so important. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. What a transition from being God in his position and in his glory. 
He didn't have to ask for anything. He says it and it was done. Angels saying, holy, holy, holy. Then on that black Judean night, poof, the transition from the inception all the way to his birth and on to his death, he could not draw on, per se, or display it so that he could be a perfect servant to die for us. I cannot comprehend that. I cannot comprehend what it was to be separated, always who have been with the Father, to be separated to, from him over 33 years. And then we say to the Lord, I, Lord, I just can't take it. I don't understand it. He says, but you know what? When you're in me, the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Here's where we learned it. And being in the form and the fashion of man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples, also he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him do what? Deny himself, do what? Take up his cross and do what? Not run in front of me. Take up his cross and follow me. They had the song, where he leads me. I will follow. One of the reasons that we get bent out of shape, we forget the scriptures that will sustain us. Because, quote, we know how to quote it, but we don't know how to live it. We have it in our head, but not our hearts. Give me Jesus so that when I stand in him, I begin to realize scripture and make it a part of my life and a part of my thinking and how it affects others. And he said to, the, to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take his cross and follow me. Deny, purge self from my agenda. Take up, pick up my cross. Follow, proceed in Christ's step. That's what it's all about. Lastly, he died as our suffering sacrifice. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become what? The righteousness of God. Christ's crucifixion is not only the means of our salvation, but the model for our life. And so, they have the song, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh is by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The very scripture that turned into a song that you can, that's how you can learn that scripture. You can turn some of the scriptures into a song that you can kind of remember and apply to your life. Galatians 2.20 there. I quoted and now you have it before you. The fact that I've been crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
See? And get this now. In the life that I live in, in the flesh, I live now by, I live by faith, what? In the Son of God. See that in? In the cloud. In the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. You see the words in? In. In. I'm, I'm now in the Son of God. Galatians 5.24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desire. We distinguish ourselves from the world. That's what it's all about. So then, yes, they, they have the jingle bells and all the songs and, and the presents and everything else. But we need to stop and do a reflection and say, give me Jesus. For he has made a tremendous change and difference in my life. How I look at my circumstances from the inside out and while I'm standing in Christ. And I think that's, that's so important. That's so important. So one last thing. The birth of Christ should uh, cause us to pause, reflect, and respond with thanksgiving to our Lord and our Father for, our, for his precious gift that have made an eternal difference in our life. So, so we pause. And we pause because God had made, through Christ, an amazing thing for each one of us. And so we say, where he leads me, I will follow. Uh, sometimes I think some of the trickets and everything else kind of wash that away. That's the significance of Christmas. Uh, having a meaningful Christmas will only have meaning dependent on where you are. Some folks say, my Christmas was nothing. And I say, how do you measure nothing? What was your expectations? Or what were you bringing to this day that would make it something? What would make your Christmas something? What would make uh, your uh, you, uh, your Christmas a spectacular Christmas? What would make your Christmas a great Christmas? Where would it start? I think it would start in the mirror. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Where am I after all? In or out? May we be in the Lord, trusting him, Victorious in him, rejoicing in him. That's my prayer. Let me pray for you this morning. Lord, I pray for the saints of God. I thank you for each one of them. And for what you're going to do in and through each one of their lives. As we talk about this fact of give me Jesus. I pray, Lord, that Jesus Christ. Indeed, will be seen by individuals. Because the inside began to work on the outside, not the outside working on the inside. Lord, I just pray that you will just have your way in each one of our lives. Thank you, Father, for the wonderful, unspeakable gift that keeps on giving and keeps on giving until time will be no more. Help us, Lord, not to be ungrateful children. In Jesus' name we pray.
And all the saints said,